0: Our quote for the week is, most of us are just about as happy as we make our minds up to be.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, our attitude is, is all what we decide for it to be. You know, we'll, we'll go to a, somewhere and we'll, we'll know there's somebody there and we'll say, you know, I'm not going to let so-and-so make me mad. And we make that conscious choice, we're not going to let them get under our skin. So, so our, our mindset, our attitude, uh, you know, my dad used to tell me, being nice don't, ever, don't cost you nothing you know, sure. to, to be nice. And he was always about having a, a, a good attitude. All right, we uh, do a little quick review. Um, we're going to start on page 33, but I, I'm excited to get over to chapter 9 and 10. we got some really good stuff. Uh, we're finally getting into what's happening in America, what's going on in America. You know, the book started talking about the Greek mythology, you know, about those gods that 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 overtook those areas, those regions, those governments, even uh possessed those 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 people, you know. And then we we, we looked at, you know, about Daniel when Gabriel came and said, you know, I started 21 days ago trying to get to you, but the prince of Persia made made war against me and then, you know, we looked at the madman of Gadara, how he controlled that region around the 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 copolis and in all of that that area, he was the, the the chief demonic force over over there in that area. And then we talked about in the day of Pentecost. You know, as as I was reviewing this, I got thinking. You know, that you know we talked about how Christianity put put these demonic forces in exile. But when Adam committed treason, if you look at it that way, he actually put. The angelic force into exile, because Satan became the god of this world, and we had what we call Jacob's ladder, that portal that only a few could could uh, could come and go, you know. And I just happened it just kind of dawned on me this morning, you know, because we talked about the day of Pentecost. That Russian mighty wind was all those angelic forces coming back into the earth because the the war had won had been won, and the times had changed. And then they begin to put the evil spirits back into exile. Uh, you know, and that's where we we, we are today with uh, you know, with with, with the angelic forces are all over here and then how how uh, Christianity drove out those those demonic forces and and this mythology and 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 all of those kind of things. You we can push that table up there if you need to if you can get it out from behind you. Alright, so we're on page 33. We're going to take these next few pages or a review. I'm just going to hit some high points to get our thinking all, all back in, into line here. Um, on page 33, that uh, middle section is opening the door. It said, the gods could only return if there had been a falling away from Christian faith and a biblical worldview then no single event or date can be pinpointed as beginning of the falling away. And we begin to talk about about that. And in the second paragraph, he says, This time period, the late 20th century, the early 21st century, talking about 1960s to present, represented the most widespread, massive falling away from the Christian faith and morality in the entire 2,000 years of Christian age. And we begin to talk about how it started in Europe, you know, with the Bohemians, and then we it introduced here in the 60s for the for the hippies and all this uh, you know anything goes there's more than one way all that philosophy began to 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 come in and then on page 34 got a couple more reviews here then we'll get over to chapter nine and get started it says in the case and, uh, seduced by other gods in the case of America the connection is even stronger. Israel was concentrated to God from its inception, and so was America. We talked about this you know the first Puritans that came, how they made the covenant with God that, that we would be his people, he would be our God, you know and, and everything in our government was founded on off of of the Bible here. all right, page nine'm chapter nine page thirty
1: nine
0: we got some <clears throat> we'll hit this chapter. A little bit. Then we get into Chapter Ten. Really get get going on what's going on in America. Chapter Nine: The Possessor. He was the King of Gods, leader of spirits, and would become the chief enemy of God and of Israel. I, I, I tried to do some research, and maybe some of y'all could, could help me. You know, we 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 know. From the Bible, the, the 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 rank and file of the angelic forces, you know, you got the cherubims, you got you got the you know those you know the highest ranking. Then you got the archangels, you know. Then then you got you know as it comes on down like that. But I, but this says he is here. He was the the king of all the demonic gods. But you had to realize they got to be a a. A a rank and file, you know. We know it's called principalities, powers, spirits. We we know that, but I never know other than than legion, other than legion, any any forces that that had a name in the Bible. Do you guys? I mean, I, I don't know of any where, where any of the of the. You got Satan, and you got this guy that said his name was was Legion. Other than that, I don't know of anything else in the Bible that actually. Names any rank and file of of of, of these spirits, you know. All right, so
1: there, there, there's only three angels that's mentioned in the Bible,
0: too, right? Michael, Gabriel, and Lucifer. Uh-huh. But then, but then, we, but but then we know, though, it talks about the the different classes, the warring angels, the you know, the, those different classes of angels, you know, that you can find throughout the Bible. Don't really name them, but it gives the class. But I couldn't, I didn't find that. In, in, in my research, that, that you know, other than the powers, principalities, rulers of darkness, those kind of generalities of, 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 about yeah, Satan. It says, Lord of the clouds. He was the God of fertility. His worshipers prayed to him to make fertile the soil and to cause their crops to grow. They called him Lord of rain, all right? The Master. This is his. This, he was called Baal, the chief god of the Canaanites. Go to Deuteronomy chapter twenty. While I, I read this, I want to show you this. It says he was the chief of the Canaanite gods. And that's what got me thinking there. That right, if he was the chief, what are some of the others? It says he, he was he was called Baal. Deuteronomy twenty. He was called Baal, the chief god of the Canaanite pantheon. His name can be translated as Lord, owner, or master. The Bible speaks of both Baal, Baliam, or Baals. This was, he was one and at the same time many. Nations, regions, cities each had their own Baals. There was Baal, Hadad, Hermon, Tamar, Por, among many others. Even families had their own personal bales, clay figurines. Uh, all right, so let's read this in Deuteronomy. <clears throat> I want to show you this because my question was what could Baal give Israel that they didn't already have? Or what could the world give us that we don't already have in God? I mean, it's the same. It's the same on on, on both sides then and now. In Deuteronomy twenty here, verse sixteen. Well, I am in the wrong place. Here. Well, let's read it. See if i I think I. All right. Uh, it says, But of the cities of these people which the Lord thy God doeth give thee for an inheritance, thou shalt save alive nothing that breathes. Thou shalt utterly destroy them, namely the Hittites, the Amorites, the Canaanites, the Perizzites, the Hevites, the Jebusites, as the Lord thy God hath commanded thee. That they teach you not to do all their abominations which they have done unto their gods, so should ye sin against the Lord your God. So he told them when they went into Canaan to destroy every living person. Alright? And he tells them why. Because if you don't, these people are going to lead you away from me. Your your sons and uh, and daughters are going to begin to marry into them and it's going to be a different philosophy. So he told them that. Alright? And we won't read all these accounts. But when they went in, they didn't utterly destroy the people. They, you know, when the Jericho, you know, uh, Jericho befriended the two spies. They saved Rahab the harlot and all of her people, and all this. And so now, just what God said began to happen. These people begin to sow alternate views, alternate ways of doing things into the jewish people or into israel and then begin to cause them to slowly but surely you know drift off and we're going to see this in in a few minutes here in the united states the same thing happens here but cause us to begin to slowly but surely move off you know we have to understand that every time we deviate from what god said there's always unintended problems he tells us to do things because he sees those unintended problems. If we don't, for instance, like Abraham. And he's always a good example to me of, of us. He tried to help God out. See, he couldn't understand how Sarah was 75 years old could ever have a child. So he him and Sarah decided to help God out. Right? How to help her out? And there come Ishmael. Born of the flesh is what it means all right well all the problems we got in the middle of the east all those people that hate Israel guess where their descendants from Ishmael all that was generated because Abraham was going to help God out see it's the same way when he tells us something he sees all these unintended consequences and this is why he said but it don't make sense to us so we'll deviate a little bit when God tells us to do something we'll try to line it up where, where, where it, it don't make us feel as uncomfortable See? And then down the road, we start seeing all these, reaping all these problems that that, that that decision caused. And you look at it, you know, you think, well, they take Bible out of school. What's the big deal? They're still going to get it at home. Well, I ask you 40 years later, are they getting it at home? See, when we start those little deviations to, to compromise or to, to help things out, we don't see the, the end result down there. And that's the same thing here with Israel and with the United States here. Right. The alternate God. It was not long after Israelites settled in the Promised Land that they began to turn away from God. The children of Israel did evil in the sight of God. I remember now that word evil now means twisted, alternate thinking. See, just like the wicker furniture. See, they begin to have a different way of thinking and serve the Baals. They forsook the Lord God of their fathers, who had brought them out of the land of Egypt. And followed other gods from among the gods of the people who were all around them. And they bowed down to them. Now go to Deuteronomy 6 while I read this. Baal promised, uh, this, this possessor, he promised the Israelites fertility, fruitfulness, increase, gain, and prosperity. So that's what he promised them. Thus, as they began cultivating the land, the temptation to invoke his powers proved more and more compelling. Many Israelites turned away from God to follow him. So I ask you this. What did Baal promise them here that God hadn't already gave them? See, we're looking for an alternative. That's what being double-minded is. The Bible says double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Well, being double-minded is looking... For an alternative. See, God says, Do something, and then our mind trips and we say, No, we can do it this way. Alternative, a different way. Uh, in Deuteronomy 6, verses 10 and 11, this is what God told them before they went into Canaan land. And it shall be when the Lord thy God hath brought thee into the land which he swore unto thy fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, to Jacob. To give thee great and godly cities, what? Which you builded not. Houses full of all good things, which you feel not. Wells dig, which thou dig not. Vineyards and olive trees, which you didn't plant. When thou shalt have eaten and in them full, beware, lest thou forget the Lord, which brought thee forth out of the land of Egypt, from the house of bondage. So he gave them everything... That they needed in the land. So then I still ask the same question. Why follow Baal. When he is promising the same thing. That God's already promised you. The same thing with us today. I mean I'm trying to make a mirror here. Where we can see them and, and, and see us. The same thing. So what happened to the United States? I'm getting ahead of myself. When I say this, but I'll go ahead and say it now. Do you think the church telling people that poverty made you makes you humble, that God makes you sick to teach you something? All of these teachings, which are contrary to Scripture, begin to make the people look. What I the prosper. I have to prosper in the world. I can't prosper in God. I have to prosper in the world. If I'm going to preach, I've got to be broke to preach. That keeps me humble. But in the same token, because it's double-minded. If we truly believe that, when Aunt Susie died and left you that $100,000, how come you didn't give it away? How come you took it? Hmm? We're talking out both sides of our mouth. I don't want you to have money, but it's alright if I have the money. See, that's kind of the two facedness of the, of the church. You know, we preach this, but, but when it happens to me, then I'm going to take it, see? So the world began to offer these things. Baal began to offer these things to the people of the United States that the church was saying they couldn't do and they couldn't have. See? In there. All right? So now, then I ask the question. why do we believe Baal or Satan over God? By his stripes I was healed. I can't grasp that. But when the doctor tells me it's okay, then all that fear and all just left. The doctor's word carried more weight with me than the Bible did. See? When the lawyer says you got a case, I lose all that stress. I lose all that. See what the lawyer said word means more to me than what the Bible said. See, even as us Christians today, that's that fight in our head to believe something that we can't see until we can see it. That's what faith is. I got to believe this until I can see it, till I can grasp it, till I. Can comprehend it. Then the alternative is that, that we'll take those people's word over the Bible. See, so we it's the same substitute. And then, right. in the nineteenth in the ninth century B.C., the worship of Baal had made such inroads into Israel's culture, and the state of those who refused to join it. Were persecuted, hunted down, and killed. It was over the worship of Baal that the prophet Elijah rose up against King Ahab and his co regent Jezebel. We know about Jezebel, don't we? Years later, after the nation's destruction, the scriptures could cite Israel's worship of Baal as central among the reasons for the calamity. No other deity was so connected to Israel's falling away from God and its subsequent destruction than was Baal. Now he's making this point here because we're can get into chapter 10 here and he's going to put Baal in, in, into the United States. In the latter days, Baal in his incarnation as Baal Shamin and Baal Shamin was identified with the god Zeus, the head of the Greek pantheon an ancient Nabataean text. So that's just a location in Arabia close to the Euphrates River. But this is what that that text says they regarded the God they regarded as God the Lord of heaven, calling him Belazmin, which is in the Phoenician language Lord of Heaven and in Greek Zeus. The Syriac writers referred to Baal Shamin and Zeus Olympius. Both gods appeared as idols standing in the same position with arms lifted up, ready to hurl a thunderbolt to the earth. Zeus was presented as Zeus Bellus and Jupiter as Jupiter Bellus which could also be translated as Zeus Baal. What he's trying to say here is all across this, this part of the world Baal was the central figure. They just renamed him and, re, and redone it. The anti-God. <clears throat> he was the epitome of all that was not God and all that warred against him. Baal was the other God, the substitute instead of God. He was he was Israel's anti God. All right? Chapter ten The Possessor Returns. (coughs) Now we're gonna get into some good stuff here. He asked a question to start the the chapter. How does a god of the ancient Middle East make his way into the twentieth century Western nation? How would Baal come to America? What would be the sign of his coming? Baal was a god of apostasy, of abandonment of religious beliefs. That's what it means. Baal was, is the god that makes you disavow your religious beliefs. The mission was to take a nation that had known and been concentrated to God and turn it away from God. To estrange it, to alienate it from God of its foundation. Baal was the chief of the other gods in Israel's apostasy he would be the first in America's apostasy and the one to lead the way for the others. The turning of a nation away from God and to the gods often begins with the smallest and almost imperceptible shifting. <clears throat> the once another America. In the mid 20th century, the majority of Western nations were still viewed as Christian or Judeo Christian. America was decidedly and proudly so. It stood in clear opposition to Marxist ideology, atheism of Soviet Russia, and communist China. So what has changed? Today we are embracing them. We're embracing Marxism. We're embracing communism. We're embracing China. <coughs> so you can see the flip. We're gonna, he's going to talk about the flip here. We, we, we get into it. The last practice. It was a nation in which the majority of those on the political left and right saw themselves as sincere followers of Jesus or God, in which politicians would freely cite God and Christian values in their public discourse. Now, I got thinking about this when when, when I was, and I reckon I just had to say it like it is, and I'm not blaming him, but whatever come with him made this change. Uh, 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 until President Obama took office, it didn't matter if you were Republican or Democrat. if what somebody was was presenting was good for America and good for the people of America, both sides voted for it. If you look back pre Obama administration majority everything that was passed was almost equal numbers on both sides voting for it see and and I said I'm not I'm not down to Mr. Obama or anything, but whatever changed in that scenario changed quickly and, and and pushed us real fast. If you look at the last twelve years from from two thousand eight to now, America would be almost unrecognizable in that short amount of time in that from where it was. No longer no longer do we vote for what's best for the people. If one side says yea, the other side all make it says nay just because it's the other side. Not if it makes rational sense. It's just, okay. But now, the, the spiritual law is always in effect that says what? A house divided against itself cannot stand. See, the, the devil's number one tactic in everything is division. For man and wife, get some kind of division between them. See, See, whites and blacks, get some kind of division. Union, non-union, get some kind of division. See, that division stirs up strife. <coughs> What's the spiritual law about strife? Where there's strife and contention, there's every evil work. Mm-hmm. See, so when we can get the division of the strife, that opens the door for every evil work. So if you look at America, then you can kind of understand where the every evil work is coming from. It's the strife, the division that opens the door to, let that, to usher that in. See? So anything, anything goes. All right. America in the mid-20th century was a nation in which children were not only allowed to pray in public schools, but actually led prayer by their teachers, and where teachers read the Bible in their classroom. When I come up, that's what, that's what we did every, every day. We prayed, we, said, we had a, a verse, and, and we aside uh, the Pledge of Allegiance every day. All right. So how does ancient amnesia? So how does the spirit come into a nation that has known God? The book of Judges reveals how it began in the case of ancient Israel. They forgot the Lord thy God and served Baal and Asherah. That that, Asherah was just a sacred grove where where these uh, deities and, and things lived. They had the shrines. In the book of Jeremiah, written in the last days of that apostasy, the voice of God laments over the nation's spiritual condition. Their fathers have forgotten my name for Baal. The mission of Baal is to cause a nation that has known God to stop knowing Him and forget Him and then forget that they ever knew Him. So they want to stop it, let Him forget, and then forget that we ever knew Him. The spirit of Baal caused Israel to forget the God of its foundation and become estranged from Him. By the end of the process, it could no longer remember or imagine what it was like to have known God. Question. What has the U.S. replaced God with? What are we chasing after that keeps us from God?
1: Money. Money,
0: I say it again. Do you think the church has anything to do with it? We focus on the I'm just throwing this out there. I mean, go because as we get into this lesson, we have a responsibility as Christians before God to stand for what's right, not what's popular. And there's a big difference. It's easy to stand for what's popular. It's hard to stand for what's right, because it's right, and take that abuse. See. And when political figures begin to cancel people, people begin to do what? Step back. Step back. See, because, without the teaching of God, it understands the more they oppress the children of Israel, the more they prosper. the more they oppressed them and pushed them and enslaved them, the more they prospered and so we forgot that that if we do what 's right because it 's right we 're going to prosper in the end, regardless we 're going to come out on top, regardless that our that 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 our standing it's going to invoke God on our behalf and He'll ensure that, that we don't lose. See? But we begin to fear for our careers. We begin to fear for our families. We begin, and, and that fear of loss begin... This is just Vic talking now. And y'all welcome to... anything. Begin to make the church kind of step back. Alright? I, I can't say certain things I used to because people won't come to church anymore. I was going to
1: say, I think... To answer your question, I think today's churches, you can say yeah, because, like you just said, because in today's time, today's churches, you got to be I guess you can say politically correct. Mm-hmm. You can't say, you know, like back in the old days not that I was there but just to hear, you know it, it wasn't watered down, it wasn't sugar-coated, you know it was, it was the word of God and that was and, and that's all that was preached was the true word of God and today it's almost like like my opinion now, it's almost like pastors have got their own interpretation of the Word of God instead of mm-hmm. the Word of God itself. Mm-hmm. You know, they interpret their their own way to to please the members of their church.
0: Mm-hmm. So, I, I know I know Pentecostal preachers and evangelists that told me that they go into certain Pentecostal churches and they say, Hey, we know you Pentecostal, but we don't talk about that Holy Spirit stuff here. Mm-hmm. Don't 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 talk about that stuff when you. In, well, why? He's worried about the number of people. He's worried about that part of it more than he is getting the truth. If you get the, what does the Bible say? The truth will make them free. See, and and and, and people are in bondage everywhere. We we need the truth. They're, they're, sometimes it's cold and it's hard and it's hard to chew and it's hard to swallow and it's hard to digest. But if you go ahead and chew it up and swallow it, it it'll, it'll improve your life. You.
1: It's almost like that, like that verse where it says, "Where one or two are gathered, I will be there." In today's time, it's like that one or two has exploded to, you know, they want mm-hmm. three or four hundred in there, mm-hmm. you know, before they believe that God is is, is there with them. You mm-hmm. so know, it's more about a number now instead of. You know, hey, I'm fine with five. If they have five years as long as they, you know, as long as they're true to it and, and, and they honest, then I'm good with
0: the five. They want 500. I, 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 and this is Vic talking again. I think every pastor in every church has got to get before God and decide what that church is there to do. Right. And every church is different. You know, as right here you know, we, we you know, we have a good many people, but that's not the focus of this church. The focus—this church was planted for the community and the outreach. That—that's that, why this church is here. And you see, that's why so much more goes on outside than ever does inside. See, but all churches are different. You know, there's churches that that, that are set. to to, to minister salvation. They get people saved by the droves. You know, it depends on that pastor in that church. He's got to quit worrying about what everybody thinks and what everybody sees. God, what is my direction with this church? Why did you put me here in this church here? And you follow that directive. And and that success for you, in God's eyes, forget what everybody else thinks. Because you're never going to please them and never going to be a success to them. See, And the same thing with our individual lives. You know, what did God call? He called every one of us to do something. You know, it ain't always got to be up here teaching. You know, I mean, but from the smallest thing, that we would stay small, but it's all the same in God's eyes, see? It's all the same to Him. It don't matter what the level is, as long as we do doing what we're supposed to do, then all the pieces of the puzzle come together and, and the body progresses and grows and gets strong. You know, we, we, we've had two or three major events in this church where a good number of people have, have, have left. And, and, and when Randy started talking about godly voting, I, I met a few of them at the door, man they were so fu- I, I had to be coming in and man they were going out and I was coming in and man they were fired up. We can you can't do that, at church. you can't talk about you know but your vote is your seed, you know you got to vote for godly people regardless of of, of, of what you think see and, and so it does have its place in in, in the pulpit. not to tell you who to vote for. But to tell you to get before God and vote for who God tells you to vote for. Mm-hmm. See, it ain't about voting Democrat, Republican, this one or that one. No, it's about you spending your time knowing this is who God wants me to vote for, and then that's how you vote. And and they just found it really, really, I don't know, abrasive. I reckon would be the right
1: word. Now, now, anybody, it's, it's hard to get anybody with any integrity anyway. Nowadays, but okay. it's all about personal gain, now. Mm-hmm. You know, it's now gotten to the point to where you got to look at okay. Let's get somebody
0: that's just not an enemy of the church. Mm-hmm. But now we do. I, we don't, don't. We don't give our godly leaders right, enough right. enough credit. Um, you know, uh, my mind just went, mad Marcia Blackburn You know, she 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 she's a, a representative. Mm-hmm. You know. But 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 she's a, a a holy ghost speaking woman. She goes around teaching and preaching. We got several. There's there's a lot of our congressmen and senators that 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 are that know the Lord, know them well, and that's why the Bible says we're supposed to pray for these people every day, every day. Because as we get on into this lesson, and see that this 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 satanic oppression in Washington D.C. is so great. And so heavy and such a dark cloud that you send people, good people, up there, and that oppression is so great till they get confused. Mm-hmm. See, and then they they end up either having to get out. You, you see, and uh, 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 you notice too, a lot of a lot of some of these Christian guys only only serve one term, and they say, "We out of here, we out of here for what go go goes on up here." See, but that's got to be broke, and the only way it can be broke is that we pray and elect the right. People see, and then and and don't believe everything you see on the news. The news is going to paint somebody they don't like like they the worst person in the world. See, but 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 we don't know them other than what the news tells us about. See, and we shouldn't be judging people based on what the news tells us about. Let God be the judge. You pray for them. every one of them.
1: Just here, either. Uh, what was it over in? Uh, what was it, France? Here that had just. Middle to late part of last year, they elected the the female, uh, I guess prime minister. I think is what it was. Mm-hmm. That's right. And then what was it? Two weeks later, she she had she got out. Mhm. And she was supposed to be a, a you know. What I mean? Yeah, she was a, a
0: Christian lady. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was Italy, I think. It, Italy, Italy. I think Italy. Yeah. Mhm. The American amnesia. So when Baal returned to the modern world, his mission would be the same. To cause America and the West to forget its God, how would he do that? After the destruction of Israel in Samaria in 722 BC, the Bible gave a requiem for the kingdom fall. And they rejected his statues and his covenants that he had made with their fathers. And the testimonies which he had testified against them They followed idols, became idolaters. They left, so they left all the commandments of the Lord, their God. For they themselves, a molded image, and two calves, a wooden image, and worshipped all the hosts of heaven and served Baal. Now, remember what does it say here? They left all the commandments. Now, we're facing to get into. Remember the fight over the Ten Commandments. Remember the fight. So we got to get Baal has got to get that out. All right. The people were, and I circled this word, the people were drawn away from the word of God, the laws of God, the ways of God. In case of America, Baal would use the same strategy. He would seek to separate the nation from the word and the ways of God. Through the seeds of America's turning from God can be found in earlier days. It would become most notable and would achieve critical mass in the 1960s. It was at the beginning of that decade that America removed prayer from its public schools. This act soon followed by banning God's word from the instruction of the nation's children. The Bible had always been part of American public schools from its beginning in Massachusetts Bay. Thus the change was a monumental one in regard to the spirit of Baal, a strategic one. Now, how did this happen? I call them liberals, but liberals really ain't a good word because liberal would mean free and it ain't really... But anyway, they couldn't get this stuff passed through Congress and still can't get it passed through Congress. Mm-hmm. All of these things that they, you know, abortion and, and, and all this other stuff. So... They come up with the way if we will fill the court with liberal judges, they'll rule off of their opinion, not off the law or the Constitution. And then that'll set a precedent. You remember the whole battle of Roe v. Wade, every time they interviewed somebody was, are you going to recognize the past precedent that the court said? Are you going to recognize? See, it's not a law. The court said it was never, abortion was never a law. It was something that the court done. And if you notice, the game is they loaded the Ninth Circuit Court in California with all liberals. Everything they want. If you'll start listening, the Ninth Circuit Court made this ruling. The Ninth Circuit Court made this ruling. They send all that stuff to their set up court, and then it becomes precedent. And then after it stays precedent so long, then people accept it as law and it never was. And that's how they got all this, the Ten Commandments, the Bible out of school. All this stuff was never an act of law. It was all an act of a court, which is still illegal today. And that's why Roe v. Wade was so easily overturned when, when we got the right numbers back in the court to do the right thing. Nobody could stop it because it was not law. See, the court can't rule against law but they can rule against precedent. See? And that was the game, see? To fill up all these courts with all these people. Now, say what you want to about Trump. But I believe that his goal, he was made president by God to change the court system. If you notice, if you read about Trump, he appointed more judges than any president in history. Every vacancy... See, there would be like 20-something spots on a court. They would only have like Eight or nine, because that was all liberals and that. See, but he began to fill those back up to the max. So now, instead of everything coming by the same panel, see, circuit court has twenty-something judges because these judges this week, the next set next week, they rotate. But if you don't have it full, there's no rotation, and the same people stay there. Do, do you see the game? See, but when he filled it up, now there's a rotation. See, and now you're starting to see things go the other way because it depends on who's in the rotation, see? And that was the game to change America by changing the precedent of the court because we can't do it by law, see? Now, the U.S. is so watered down that they can get what they want to pass through Congress now because, I mean, but in the beginning, America would not go for that stuff. They knew the public wouldn't go for it, so that's how they put it in. That's why George Soros and this bunch, that's all they concentrate on You know, now it's about public defenders. They're really going after trying to put liberal public offenders that don't believe in bail, you know, that that don't believe in incarcerating people. And you see all these people getting turned back onto the streets just redoing crime, redoing crime. You know, all the, you know, the the herds of people running in stores just stealing everything. It comes from this, from this, putting these liberal DAs that will not prosecute In in the turning of America. All right. Well, y'all have a good week.